Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, and I am here with a, a co-host today, and his name is... Norman Reynolds. Norman and I go back a whole long time, and today we're going to be discussing a whole lot of things, including Trumpism and a whole lot, lot more. You know, I tell you, this is going to be a special program because we're here in Marble, Marble Falls, Texas. We came here for a little getaway, and I said, you know, in these difficult times, in these times where our politics is, is growing, it's, our politics is very difficult, there's really not time for a vacation until after the election. Is that right, Norman? That's right. But we need a little break, don't we? We needed a little break, but you know what? Spending an hour with you, spending an hour to really talk about things of interest is very important. And ironically, I'm calling here from Texas. Uh, we have the beautiful, uh, I think it's Lake Johnson here in Marble Fall. It's, it's Lake Johnson, right? We got to find find out if it's Lake Johnson or not. But anyhow, being here in Texas, there's something interesting that one should know. Uh, just before we started the show, I looked at Norman and I said, you know, I, I, in writing the show, I needed to find out if there's any breaking news. And what shows up on The Guardian? What shows up on The Guardian as breaking news? Houston, we've got a problem. Trump could cost Republicans Texas polls fine. That, that is serious. And I, I have a, a, a bit more of a message for not only those in Texas, but if Texas goes, if Texas goes, it also means that the country in general has made a cataclysmic, it wouldn't be a cataclysmic shift. What kind of a shift would you call it, Norman? It would be a, let's, let's call it a phase shift. We'll just have a phase shift. We'll be, in, we'll be in different times. Here's, here's what, here's what uh, the Guardian says. Poland shows Hillary Clinton within the margin of error in the Lone Star State, an unthinkable development years ahead of the party's most optimistic hopes. It might seem unlikely that this presidential election could take any stranger, but polls are emerging to suggest that Texas might now be in play for Democrats. I said this, and I don't want to say I said this, but Norman, you probably heard me say this a whole lot of times on the show, that I always believed that it wasn't a demographic issue that was going to be the only thing that makes Texas a purple or more than likely blue state. It was going to be issues. It was going to be finally people waking up. We had a discussion earlier this morning where we discussed, what, you know, how do we best approach people? So I'm going to want to get into that a little bit later. But beforehand, I want to tell folks a little bit about what we're going to, what, what the show's about. I, I named the show, and believe it or not, the person who really gave me the impetus for the name is Senior Norman there. In 620, I'm coming to you in a little bit. I think that looks like Jack. Jack, I'll be coming to you, but let us get with the show, and then we'll be with you. Uh, so uh, the, the title of the show is going to be, How Do We Fight, or How Do We Get to Trumpism, and How Do We Fight It? I don't know if that's the exact title that you liked then. Then I said Trumpism was not created by Trump. Who created Trumpism? Well, this was created a long time ago. Yes. Let's just call it... Um, Back with Phyllis Schlafly, Schlafly and yeah, you were mentioning that I didn't realize that you know that that she was as instrumental as explained it earlier on. Yeah, in, in in my way of thinking, you know, all the way back there, there was this differentiation of um, of trying to put uh, uh, people in the place. Mm-hmm. From then on, from yeah. even then, yeah, which is just a subset of what we have here. But anyhow, folks, like I said, what is Trumpism? Is it a distillation of hate? 
or the stale old tribalism? Is it curable? Is it curable, Norman? It's changeable. It's changeable. Not curable, it's changeable. We will discuss that, however. But, folks, you know, as it goes with this show, and by the way, given that we are outside in the sun, looking at these laptops can be a bit difficult, but I think you know what time it is. It's time for the weekly blog post. The weekly blog post, I think, kind of goes into the same phase that we're talking about when we spoke about what's happening in Texas. GOP strategist, Democratic electoral blowout, Senate and House win. That's what he believes, okay? I don't quite believe it's going to happen yet, but it would be quite interesting. Republicans will rule the day they made Donald Trump their nominee. It seems like he will bring the Republican Party to one of their worst defeats. GOP strategist Steve Smith had a dire message about the election that will pain Republicans. He estimates a huge Democratic win, a blowout. He did not mince his words when Joe Scarborough asked him for the over-under of the presidential race and electoral college, and this is how it went. I think she is trending over 400, Steve Smith said. That 400, he means 400 electoral votes. Trending over 400, Scarborough asked shockingly. Yes, Smith responded. So Democrats in the Senate? Scarborough asked. Yes, yes, Smith responded. Democrats take the House? Scarborough continues. Close, close, responded Smith. They could take it? Scarborough asked for confirmation. Here's him. If this election was today, Smith said, I think Republicans are down 25 seats as of today, with the trend in line going in the wrong direction. The poll numbers are not good on the internal numbers. The panic is beginning. And for those of us on the inside, we all saw the panic. Hi, Tamara. How are you doing today? I hope you're camp. Tamara Shealy is uh, in Georgia. Uh, she is running for Senate. Uh, type in there what district you're running from so that our audience can actually know who you are, where you are. So what I want to tell you guys as far as, I'll finish with the blog of the week, but I, I see Tamara there, and I think it's important we, we do this. She is a grassroots organizer who is working in Georgia, running for Senate District. Go Democrats. What district are you running for, Tamara? What district are you running in? She is, uh, she, uh, so go to her website. Look up Tamara Johnson Sheely and make a donation to her campaign. She's walking door to door and she's bringing people door to door, grassroots movement. That is how we said we were going to move this country forward. At the grassroots level, she is doing it. And I'm continuing with the blog of the week. As, you, as I said, Scarborough asked, is it pot? She's, worked, she's going for Georgia Senate District 40. Georgia Senate District 40. Don't forget it. That, that's what we're going with. And I see you there, John, and we'll be with you in one second as well. If this was election day, Schmidt said, I think Republicans are down 25 seats as of today with the trend in line going in the wrong direction. The poll numbers are not good on the internal numbers. The panic is beginning. The panic has set in. Steve Smith is describing a wave election. It has not yet materialized thus far. However, the signs are there for such an event to occur. It is ironic that this election was always the Republicans to lose, and it seems they will be doing just that it seems they'll be doing just that tamara uh, website tamara of tamara f what rather tamara for georgia.com www tamara dot, i'm sorry let's do it again www.tamaraforgeorgia.com go ahead visit her site and see what grassroots organizing is all about and when we take Folks in the grassroots taking over the body politic again. When we talk about people taking over their government, this is what we're talking about. Uh, back, uh, I, I met Tamara in Netroots, at Netroots Nation in, I think, Arizona. And I was very impressed because all the things that we speak about, moving on the grassroots level to effect change in our body politic, she's in, she in. What is the word? Embodies. embodies it. She embodies what that is all about. So let's go ahead. Those listeners that are in Georgia right now, go ahead and work for this young lady and make sure that she becomes the next 
an airplane is landing, a, oh, I guess that's a boat, make sure that she becomes the next state senator in Georgia for District 40. Uh, Norman, before I go to John on the line, uh, what do you have to add to this? You know, um, no matter what the polls say, what, I was, what we were talking about earlier is the fact that we going on to the, the idea of tribalism. Right. You know, so we, we talked about tribalism, something that I think we need to start distilling and try to take that more form into something we can deal with. And, um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, it, we talked about this before, and basically, if you look back in time, you know, we had the Dixie Crash, right? Right. Um, I remember our good friend Al was, was, was reminiscing about the fact that, you know, she, she was in the back of on the back of the bus and couldn't go to school, right? Right, couldn't go to the doctor. I had to sit on the back porch of the doctor's office waiting there. But things changed for him, right? In his lifetime. In his lifetime, have, yeah. In, in, things have changed. For our lifetime, we also have to effect that change. So we take this, what is this, hate slash um, tribalism mm-hmm. that's there and make it more um, make it more tangible and reprehensible for us to identify it and say, hey, that is something that, that we will not have happen to us anymore. And once it's reprehensible, it's something that uh, people don't want a part of. Correct. Once something Correct. becomes reprehensible, and I, go ahead, I'm sorry. But it, well, it, it, it's not going it, to end the tribalism. It's just going to, we will continue to be Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the Constitution, as we said, was not written for, it was written for 10%. 10%. Yeah. 10% really, they were trying to remove the tribalism that, 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 that forced them apart. They were trying to pull themselves together. Right. We now are the people. Absolutely. We have to become, um, we have to look at what makes us what, present. What makes us travel and start dealing with it. And start dealing with it and supersede that. Hi, uh, Lean Ashley. That's Ashley. <laughs> How you doing, my dear little daughter? Okay. My beautiful daughter. All right, let's let us let us go to John. John, John, John. Come on in. John is in San Antonio, and believe it or not, I somehow circumvent John. How are you doing today, John? I'm great. How are you doing, Egberto? I am great. We're here in Marble Falls, Texas, but we had to maintain politics done right. It's a it's a it's it's a it's an important time in our politics. What do you have to add to the conversation, my friend? Okay, I want to say hello to Norman also. Uh, so he made some good comments, and uh, sounds like it's going to be a good show. Yeah, I, I just want to. Yeah, so I, I want to talk a, a little bit about what you're you're talking about, Trump and Trumpism, and uh, yes, I, I, I'm really, you know, in the in the fold that that Trump is not going to have a huge influence. Now, a lot of the progressive uh, people and. You know, I'm um, pretty close with Sam Cedar. I'm going to be on his election right. coverage that night, and he is just the opposite. In fact, he was on uh, NSNBC last night on Chris Hayes' show, you know, saying that uh, Trump is, you know, he's going to be a major force. I'm hearing that he's going to have a shadow government, and I think, you know, when this does happen, uh, I don't, I don't see a 400 uh, electoral vote win by Clinton. I think it's going to be very similar to 2008, around, uh, you know, 255, 258 in that area. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that uh, I, I just historically, when people lose that badly, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a, a following for that. I mean, they basically, you know, go about and go on with their lives just like Romney did, just like McCain did, just like you know Kerry and all these other people. And yeah, he'll be on he'll be on shows and he may start Trump TV, but I mean, you know, he will be talked about as being. A loser, a pretty bad loser, you know, a bigly loser, as he would say. And so I, I think that also another thing besides the fact that, that Clinton is going to be the first woman to ever be president, that's going to be, you know, obviously the biggest story. The second biggest story is, you know, we've only had since 1952 uh, – this will be the second time that one party will win three elections in a row. 
And uh, right. obviously, Reagan did it from uh, you know uh, eighty eighty four and eighty eight, and this will be the second time. And I think that that's going to be a major have a major impact. You've got to remember, you know, after the Romney loss, even even the hardcore people like Sean Hannity were saying we've got to we've got to change, we got to change. And uh, of course, that didn't last too long. Because you know Limbaugh and all these other people are you know propagating this far right agenda, and so I guess that that'll be you know their their civil war. You know all the talkers and all the people, you know uh, the Koch brothers and all the people that are funneling all this money who want an extreme uh, agenda, as in as opposed to you know the the more Chamber of Commerce. Uh, which is also an extreme agenda. I'm not trying to say they're moderate Republicans because even people like Paul Ryan are pretty extreme in my opinion. But they come off as media trained, and uh, I think that you know if you look at polling, they have a little bit better chance of winning elections. And so I just don't see this major shift where you know Trump is going to be revered. I, I just think he's going to fade into the background, and I guess I'm in the the minority on that opinion. But historically, that's usually what happens to those figures yeah. who lose badly. I, 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 hey, John, I don't, I don't, I don't agree that he's going to, um, he is going to be remembered. I, re, I believe there will be just like, um, just like Bush, George W. Bush, a lot of forgetting is going to go on. Um, and I think that is what's really going to happen. Um, people will forget what we have, what we've gone through in this election, and the talking heads will do the same thing. We in the blog, you guys in the blog world, have done such a fantastic job so far. Are the only ones that people really can read and uh, make up their own minds from. I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to go in between uh, what both you and, and John have said, and otherwise, I think. There's a slight difference with what uh, with what uh, Trump has brought up. Trump has made it vogue, in my opinion. This, in, in my opinion, Trump has made it vogue to say things that people just thought about, but thought it wasn't civil to say. And in doing so, I think he's opened up a new door of incivility in the country. And when Norman earlier spoke about uh, we are going to have to expose the tribalism and all these things. I think that's a favor that Trump has done for the country as a whole. You know, we've been covering a scab. And, and John, I know you heard the show that I did a, about a few weeks ago where we spoke about uh, Amer- uh, 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 Trump ripping the scab off of the American, uh, the American sword. And in doing so, he forced us to confront problems that, that were always there. In other words, Trump is not exposing a new problem. But what Trump is doing is uh, allowing this problem to, for people who have these problems, to expose it in the forefront. Now, that said, I think it will be a disservice to us all if we just forget. I don't think we can just forget. I don't think we can allow the mainstream media to forget because what's going to happen, right? If they're going to, you're correct, I think, about forgetting, uh, Norman, in my opinion, that forgetting that this really occurred is a good thing because nobody wants to believe that this moral country supported and did the thing this immoral man did and spoke and said and was supported on. And was supported on. So nobody's going to want, a lot of people won't want that. But I think what he has done to another group of people is allowed them to say, so what? So what if you think so what if you think, I believe we can be misogynistic? So what if you think it is okay now? He has normalized these particular issues. And in that normalization, I think, lies Trumpism. And I, I know I'm only calling it Trumpism because he made it vogue. So, you, so you're saying, um, John, why don't you chime in here? You're saying that basically... Um, that Trumpism is is going to be a, um, a a scab that needs to be talked about a lot more. Yes, I, I would like to see us 
keep it alive. Because what I want to do is not shame his supporters. Like I spoke earlier when we were discussing around with breakfast or after breakfast, I want to talk to the people. I want to reach the people who were caught up with Trumpism. I want, you know, I want to address them. I want them. I want to see what makes them tick. And John has already told me. I think John, you are the one who saw the research that says it's not only the Appalachian folk who are distraught and that it's our, our supporters, right, John? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, he has Republican supporters, obviously, who who don't want to go against the party. You know, who believe. That the party either either in uh, you know through economic means or just through cultural means, uh, you know a lot of that is religious means, you know support the Republican Party and even though they're offended by Trump and all of his extracurricular stuff that he does, at at the core of their beliefs they they believe in in the Republican message. And so uh, I think that that's a lot of his supporters right there. Uh, I think he's also losing a lot of that support as time goes on. And also Clinton has, has uh, you know, really uh, tried to address those people, and uh, I, he's been successful at it. I, I don't necessarily think that's the best strategy to taking back the House, but, I mean, it's obviously worked pretty well in the last month, and so, I mean, you can't really go against the, the numbers. And uh, the right. Senate looks really good right now. Just in the last week, there's been a, a ton of movement, and right now, you know, out of the seven aggregators, uh, the lowest is the Huffington Post at 61%. The highest is uh, Sam Wong at the Princeton Election Consortium at 79%. So, wait, I mean... John, 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 I, this morning the Daily Coast poll had it at 58%. Are you saying it has gone further up for the Senate at 50, 50? It's it. They had it. I just checked it before I came on, and they had it at 64. Uh, for the Senate? For the Senate, yeah. I just checked wow, the time. And what's the amount of, and, and what's the, uh, the, the numbers that they had for it as far as, uh, is, is it still at 50, 50 or 51, 49? Um, I don't know. I can check real quick, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, all they need is fifty, really. So I mean, right. uh, so yeah, yeah I mean, right now I have fifty-one myself. Wow. But so yeah, because I mean that what's happening is the you know the Catherine Cortez Masto race is is uh you know gone really well within the last two weeks and I think that's because there's been a lot of pushback because Joe Heck has been leading the whole the whole right, race. That's yeah, that's the Arizona right. race. Uh, no, it's in Nevada. Nevada. In Nevada, Nevada. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, <laughs> right. So that's so that's uh, Harry Reid's spot. Um uh, and so uh yeah, so she's been doing real well. Also, the uh, Maggie Hassan in in uh, New Hampshire has done real well, and so uh, and also Jason Kander in Missouri has has done pretty well. So I mean that's actually Burr may be going down in Missouri. I mean, is it Burr or Blunt? Uh, uh, Missouri is Blunt, right? Right, it's Blunt, right? Yeah, there down. was just. Yeah. A- yeah, there was just a poll that uh, had Jason Kander up by seven points. Now he's a uh, Iraqi veteran, and he's uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, he had a I don't know if you saw the ad that he put out, very effective ad. He basically you know put a gun together, uh, blindfolded, and but the ad mm-hmm. was saying you know I know about guns, but I think we should have you know common sense gun control. And so, right. you know, from a veteran's perspective, very effective ad. And as soon as he put that ad up, his numbers started going up. And so, I mean, that's a that's a toss-up race. 538 has Kander in the lead in that race. Uh, no one thing, Deborah Ross, Deborah Ross in North Carolina is about two points behind. But I was noticing that that Bernie did uh, put her on the R Revolution. A website as somebody that he endorses, and so I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was really that progressive, and so that kind of gave me renewed interest in that race. Right. 
Well, I mean, I think she's going to pull that one out because if judging from what we are seeing with the, the new interest in North Carolina, it seems like uh, North Carolina is going to be pulling in 2008 numbers. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that materializes or not. If it pulls in 2008 numbers, I think for sure she comes in. Uh, if it pulls in 2012, well, uh, that was kind of sketchy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Obama only lost by two points, and so there was still a very close election. So, I mean, that that's really one of the great toss-up states uh, still, you know, in in uh, in the country. But I mean, I think Clinton will win. I think there there will be a backlash. I mean, there there no doubt is a backlash. The HB two, the the bathroom bill. And, uh, right. you know, Cooper's probably going to beat McCrory for the governorship. Cooper's the Democratic yeah. candidate. And I think Clinton will win also, but that's very tight. It's within two points. So, I mean, I'd love to see yeah, a sweep. I think, I think the North – I am uh, – so I saw some, in some write-up earlier today a Northeast coast that is all blue except for South Carolina. Who knows? We'll see. But let me go ahead and bring Jack in. Well, Jack's been waiting for a while. So, Jack, I hope you have your question ready to go. Now, Jack, you are hot. Come on in, Jack. How are you doing this morning? Okay, okay. I, I, uh, okay. Okay, they're Donald Trump, I'm incorrect with, with John, I'm disagreeing. He is fading fast. Right. You think John? You're saying Trump is fading fast? He he is. He's going to get slaughtered. He is in the process of getting slaughtered. He's in the process of giving up his campaign. John, hold a second. I want. I want for all the people that are listening to this show, and all the people that are going to listen to the podcast or whatever. I want to make. And and I think uh, Norman was just about alluding to that. Let's make sure and 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 remind folks that. Everything that we talk about and all these polls being positive that we're talking about depends on not people saying, okay, we're going to win it anyway and then go ahead and stay home. It is important that folks understand that all yeah, these right. judgments right now is dependent on absolutely every person. Finish every my person thought. Go ahead. I didn't go ahead finish, finish my thought. thought. Okay. I'm, I'm predicting. Okay. I'm predicting that. Uh, that uh, 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 that uh, Hillary Clinton will even carry Texas. Is, it, is that bad for Trump? I hope so. I, and John and I, and Norman, we hope so as well. In fact, we are going to be going to the polls ourselves. I mean, uh, he will get no more than about 13 states. I think you'll get those, this line this line from uh, uh, North Dakota through Kansas. We'll take Kansas, okay. but, will, but every state practically uh, every state will be sort of pink. Won't be uh, well, I, won't go won't be quite blue uh, yet. But I think you'll take Arizona. I mm-hmm. think you'll take uh, uh, Georgia, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe he'll take. Uh, Could take uh, Alaska. <laughs> take Alaska. Alaska. Well, that that's a that's a stretch. It's just a possibility. I don't even believe that. He might even be competitive in Mississippi. <laughs> that's scary. But hey, that, let me. Uh, let me... Look, I want to stop you a second, Jack, because I, I want to tell folks again, I want to reiterate that because the way this show works on Facebook and otherwise, people come and go, come and go, and they hear this good news and then they leave, you know, like anybody switching channels on the radio. So I want to keep repeating as many times as I can. Folks, you have to go out there and vote. You have to go out there and represent. You have to go out and represent your absent that. We are not going to go ahead and make your plea, uh, Norman. We, we, we can't depend on. Hey, I, um, I, I still didn't. I still you didn't had more to say, John. Well, Jack, I still didn't finish, finish your thought. My but thought. Okay, Jack, I'm going to give you a chance to finish your thought, thought in a minute. I need to tell my my people listening through Blog Talk Radio that this is a call-in show. 
you can call in at 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. I would love to hear from more people, both on Facebook Live as well as on Blog Talk Radio. This is a call-in show. Reach us now at 646-929-2495. My apologies to you, Jack. Please continue. Okay. Uh, I, pr- I predict uh, they've got, they got a good chance to take the House. With, okay. uh, the Senate, I, I mean the Senate, not the House. Now, the House, okay. uh, Senators may be uh, six, five, six votes in favor of the Republicans. But I think mm-hmm. uh, they're, uh, uh, a lot of them are vulnerable, even say I yet. I uh, uh, is, uh, people in Missouri, uh, Missouri and uh, yeah, that's blunt. Indiana. Indiana. And, uh, and I uh, see you'll uh, take, uh, but the House is a stretch. There are 25 to 30 members. Uh, you have to get 25 to 30 people. The House got to get 35. Democrats have to take 25 to 30 uh, uh, Plot, representatives. Yeah, we, we that, John. It's a stretch. It'll go, it'll go uh, uh, maybe... And I think uh, it's, it's going to be good for uh, uh, Hillary well, Clinton. Is still on, Hillary Clinton's still unpopular. Uh, I don't like her too well uh, among the even among Democrats. I think. Uh, right. But okay, she, John. She'll I, I, win. I, I got to move on. Got you. Got okay. you, John. I got to move that's on. It. But I'm that's it. That's it. As far as far as I'm concerned, I got to get off the air. I got to eat lunch. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All hey, right, Jack. Jack thank you. Yeah. Jack, before you go, did you have your surgery already? All right, we lost him. We lost him. Anyhow, uh, folks, uh, Jack. Jack. I, I, I hope Jack is right. I hope he's wrong about the house because my contention is that. The House is also very gettable if we all go out and vote and if we do the job that we're supposed to do. John, did you want to add something to what Jack had to say? Well, just on on the House, you know, there's a lot of internal polling that that has Republicans afraid. Uh, You know, right now on PredictWise, it's about 17 percent. I think it peaked on the Sunday after the Billy Bush uh, thing at 29 percent. The number is is exactly 30 seats. Uh, you know, to to actually take the house back uh, with with Boehner's seat, uh, you know, which will be won, won by a Republican. So I mean, you know, it's going to be tough. I'm, an, I'm I'm you know, I have my list of the 50 most flippable districts, and uh, you know, I'm constantly reviving it. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely moving in that direction. It, it's hard to say because you know a lot of times they're just not polling with these races or their internal polling. You know, which is hard to be. You know, a lot of it is not credible. You know, I because there, I want to stop you right there for a second because there are internal polling polling that are done that have been done over the last week, and that's the one that Steve Schmidt. The, the Republican strategist, very smart uh, guy, actually was reviewing, and he went on to, that's the, the quote that I had in the blog of the week uh, on, uh, from MSNBC and a couple other places, where he stated that currently their numbers, the internal polls have plus 25, which means if you have a plus 25, we're really talking about a wave, and a plus 25 can easily be a plus 15 or a plus 40. You know how that works. It can be a plus 15, it could be a plus 40. Right, right. But also, you know, I mean, 30 seats, are that's a lot of seats. And also, uh, you know, just in the, when I look at the most flippable, when I look at the most flippable district. Remember 2010, what was it, 40, how many seats? Or was it 60? I don't remember quite the, the flip. It was huge. Yeah, it was. In, in, yeah, it was a huge difference. I mean, in, in 2006 right. was big for the for the Democrats. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying, right. you know, that 
I mean, I I think that right now, like like I said, on predict wise, you know, they have three different categories. There's the uh, the one is the Democrats winning. Uh, there's actually more than that, but the two that the three that have the biggest numbers, and then there's there's Republicans two eighteen to two thirty, and that's I mm-hmm. think right now at forty forty one percent, and then there's uh, let me see if that's that's forty three percent, and right now Republicans holding two thirty one to two forty is at thirty four percent. So you know mm-hmm. I, I agree with what you're saying. Event you know people should go out to vote. I mean I know that the early voting it probably starts uh, in Houston, right? Or in, uh, I know what. On Monday. Yeah, yeah, on, on Monday. Monday. So that's where it starts here. So I mean I'm going to definitely vote early, and I encourage everybody to vote early, to, to try to avoid the lines and to try to avoid all this. Hopefully, you know, there won't be this intimidation, but I'm sure in certain parts of the country there will be intimidation. And so uh, I hope that that's dealt with, you know, uh, properly. Uh, But, uh, you know, try to avoid the lines, vote early, and uh, definitely vote. And that that, I know you always say that that caveat, and that's extremely important, especially – to the the democratic base, you know, the millennials are extremely important that they that they come out. Uh, you know, the the African American community, the Latino community, single women. I mean, those are all you know really heavily democratic uh, based supporters, and I think they will come out. The numbers have been great; they're better than 2012 so far, as far as the actual. Mm-hmm votes that have been cast uh, throughout the year and they're they're ahead in almost all the states uh, compared to 2012 and so i'm very happy about that i want to break in there because uh, now that you started talking the numbers how the numbers break from uh, recent elections to now or etc and i'm going to go to norman first what are your thoughts on um Right now, we are strictly talking federal. In other words, we're talking about the House of Representatives. We're talking about the Senate. We're talking about the presidency. But I have a bigger caveat. Right now, we have a 31-19 governorship governorship disparity between Democrats and Republicans in 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 the state. We also have a legislature disparity, which is huge. Uh, First, I'm going to ask you, uh, Norman, what do you think of that disparity? Do you think some of that is going to be mitigated with this election, or do you think this election is just going to be kind of dubious on a federal level? On on the state level? Yeah. So on the state level, I'm seeing us um, – looking at all the states that are Republican are saying, yes, people will start saying that we don't have have a a stable of folks that can come in and do the job, right? right. So basically, we do, we do need to start populating those. But this election itself is not going to make that big a difference, in my mind, mm-hmm. at, at the state level. I think it becomes a wave. Um, it's the snowballing effect. I think we just need to start doing something. Mm-hmm. As progressives, just need to do something but my real question, about getting the ball rolling. But my, my question, though, is given that what we're going to see is Oh, given that what we expect to see is that uh, a sort of a wave, do you think that wave turns some houses in the state? I, I, I think what it will do, it won't turn the houses in the states. It will start winning. It, it will turn all, all the all the people district in, courts and district courts, all the people who are currently on the bill on, uh-huh. on on the electoral map. They will on the election ballot. Right. As you look at the election ballot, people will vote straight Democrat. Right. But there are, I'm expecting a lot of split ballots. Okay, right? got you. Um, I do expect there will be a lot of split ballots, but at the same time, those split ballots will lean Democratic. Right. Um, so because of that, I don't expect that all of them will become, um, will, will be winners. I think right. that's kind of statistical, basically. I'm looking at this from a statistical Mr. Point. Engineer, absolutely. We, 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 think that, uh, we think alike, brother. What, what's your thoughts on that, John? Uh, well, right now I see pickups in the governor's races in uh, in North Carolina, which we were talking about before. There's a 65% chance that Cooper's going to win. 
Uh, in Missouri, uh-huh. there looks like there's a pickup at, at 63%. And in Indiana, you know, Mike Pence's old seat, there's a 52% chance. And so it looks like there's going to be three pickups. And uh, the Democrats are, are going to continue to win in uh, Washington State, Delaware, Oregon, uh, Montana, West Virginia, uh, New Hampshire, Vermont. So yeah, it looks like it looks pretty good for the governorship. There's also a 45% chance that there's going to be a pickup in North Dakota. So that's You're really close. Me. No, I'm not. No, this is, this is blowing my mind. In, in terms, I didn't I didn't think this was going that far, but let's just I, I'm I'm still on the fence, holding on to hoping that this does work out the way we want it to. I'm holding on to the conservative pick here, being a bad bad gambler. Yeah, but I tell you what, I, I, don't, I want us to, I want to put in people's mind positive affirmations. In other words, I don't want folks to sit back and be worried about it. I want folks to be aggressive. In, you know, there's a, there, there's some of us that are going to sit down, and that's why, that's why I'm happy to have you on here as well. Because one of the things Norman uh, did is Norman uh, sent me a text uh, more, and he said, I'm going to do my duty and. You guys need to let us know or let me know, let others like me know what I can do for a cause. And we won't necessarily put what that is, but we know what that, what that is. What can, I do, can, what can I do to make things better? And that's what we're doing. That is, what, that is exactly what we're doing. So what I want to do is empower people, tell people, don't sit back and think, well, is it going to happen or do you think it's going to happen? Right. Let's go ahead and make it happen. There's a difference. There's a difference in the way you fight a battle. If you fight a battle on the defense, you generally lose. If you fight a battle on the offensive, you stand a 50% chance of winning. And that is what we've got to do. But you got to fight the battle. But you got to fight the battle. Right, you yeah. got to fight the battle regardless. So, John, thanks yeah, you know, for clarifying the, the stakes to me. The, the, the fight is there. So, John, uh, so what do you think about – I don't know about you, about your county. I think you're in Beer County in Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty good. I mean, you know, we're we're a majority Democratic county here, and uh, you know, a lot of it is just getting out the vote. Uh, so so that's important. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's not like Travis County. I saw a thing that Travis County has a ninety percent voter ratio. Ninety percent. I mean, that is amazing. I was so happy when I saw that. I was just thrilled. 90% of registered voters, or rather, our voters in, in registered voters, or rather, 90% of voters in Travis County are registered voters. That is outright amazing. That's, right, that and great. I think and, I think Trump added to that. I think people, you know, he scared them straight, you know, and, and they want to vote against him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, I'm here with Norman Reynolds, a good friend of mine. Uh, we decided to have our show, even though we are we, we figured it, we had to take a small vacation for all the work that we've been doing. Right, Norman? Right, right. We decided to just take a little break. So we decided to <laughs> I have this. I had to get him out of the house. Just a little <laughs> uh, absolutely. Let's see. Steve, uh, Start of Moon says, as a Texan, I would love to see Texas go blue. Absolutely so. And you know what, Stardust? You are the one that will be responsible for accomplishing that. Because when you go ahead and, and have your vote, when Marianne Castiglia, my good friend from Coffee Party, has her vote and make sure that others know that she is voting, then, then, Norman, good for you, Norman. Saludos de, saludos de Marianne Castiglia. <laughs> Anyhow, so folks, you are the ones that are going to make that difference. You are the ones that are going to turn this country to do the things that it needs to do to support all the people that it needs to support. Now, folks, do remember this is also a call in show. You can give me a call at 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. You have left the dominance of this show today to Senor John, which we love having John every week on, as well as Jack. From, uh, where's Jack from again, John? I think he's from Missouri, right? Uh, I think he's living in Kansas now. Oh, he's in Kansas now. Okay, great. Uh, and it's great. My, my daughter was on the show also. My daughter should call in and give me a, a report on 
the what millennials are thinking right now. So if my daughter so feels the, the need to or the desire to, she should call 646-929-2495 and tell us what are the feelings of millennials. She has an interesting job where she is in touch with a whole lot of people, both millennials and otherwise, and she generally has a very good perspective as well. But, folks, this is a call-in show. Again, that number is 646 929 Senor Norman, we were speaking a whole lot about tribalism earlier today, and you've sort of brought it up a little bit. What can we do as a society? Because one of the things that I believe in is we must get away from tribalism. Yes, yes, we must get away from tribalism. It's tribalism innate within humanity. My thought process is uh, I don't know if that is necessarily important given that as social, as, as social beings, we have control of society. There are a lot of things that are endemic within humanity itself that we've mitigated. Well, let's put it in context, right? So to me, I'm just looking at uh, tribalism as, uh, as you know, we as a, if, if I'm a Democrat, right, and I have a, a Democratic leader who has done some dastardly deal, right? Right. I would start going in my own head, mm-hmm. um, being a tribalist. Because mm-hmm. we come from that. No matter what we do, we are going to come from our own culture, our own background, where we come from. Right. Our unconscious biases, our biases, however we come up with them. So we're going to we we we. This person is our um, is our uh, what's it when you have a face that's a, 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 a facade. A facade. That person is your facade. Your image to the rest of the world. You're living through that person somewhat. As you do that, that you would not do those things. So you you turn around and say, my guy would not do that, mm-hmm. right? So you start defending that person, mm-hmm. and you start. That's a bit of tribalism, you know, also. This. Uh, so to me, I'm I'm looking at tribalism a little more bigger than just um, than just looking at. Uh, uh, tribalism uh, is a lot more than just a racial, racial issue or a cultural issue. Right. It also is. This is my, as you have said, this is my man, this is my guy, this and as such, or my lady, or my lady. And by the way, when I use guy, it's 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 not gender based. But whenever I, you know, there are times that we have to be careful for that. Thanks for noting that because society only change when we get rid of all those biases and we all have those in, right. in, intrinsic biases. Right. So thanks for bringing that up. Yes. Yeah. So so so. So as I was, I was saying this morning, you know, the, 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 the idea is that no matter what, the biases of the past, the last, last 50 years, mm-hmm. will exist. I mean, we just have to see them, what they are, crystallize them and start acknowledging them, making them become ugly. Mm-hmm. Ugly that we, won't, we shouldn't do it. I think that is in line with what I just said, right? In other words, I'm saying that, you know, whether I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist or anything, right. so I don't know if tribalism is... is is some well, seed that is, you can. Right, maybe somebody can tell us that, whether tribalism is, is really a function of humanity. But the one thing that you said, also a function of humanity's embarrassment and wanting to do good, right. right? So even if there's a little piece of you telling you to do bad, which in everybody there's a little piece of you that's Eventually. always telling you to do bad, that can be mitigated. Right, so, so what we're talking about is really the trauma mm-hmm. was, had become kind of like a, 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 an image for this, for, for the group of Republicans, that mm-hmm. have, right? So, as as people start recognizing and recognizing, crystallizing the thought pattern around them, so you, you're telling me, you know, the, the purpose of us getting together and talking about this is really how we talk to our Republican brothers and sisters. Right. right? So, um, so we talk to them, we need to understand where they come from mm-hmm. and why they believe the way they do. So that's the reason why um, um, that, that's the reason I'm talking about that. We also need to guard against the, the false equivalency right. that's out there. I mean, there's a bunch of equivalency that's going to go on, going on all along, and it's going to keep going on about terrible behavior being 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 lumped on people who represent you mm-hmm. to people who are on the fringes, right? On 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 one side. So it is it is important that we realize. Start crystallizing what what um, what tribalism really is, um, and dealing with those terrible behaviors, crystallizing them, making the so 
Right. So let me ask you in, in that light, Hillary Clinton's comment about, let's say, when she used the terms irredeemable, I think that was, <clears throat> I, I was with her as far as I understood the statement, but the, the portion of the statement that I as well didn't like was uh, the irredeemable portion, because in my, and I don't know if you feel the same way or not, but in, 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 in for everything that I do is, I do this under the expectation that I can speak to people, that I can get to people, and that I can, in, if not change folks immediately, but that people, I would plant a seed that folks would later on say, ah, I can be a better person assuming I do this. I could be a better person if I support this. And I think the, the, what my only drawback with a term like an irredeemable person is that it's saying that within them there is something systemic unchangeable. that's unchangeable. unchangeable. And I believe that of no human being. Well, you come from a belief system that has that, right? Right. But they are, they, you know, just like, just like they are, there's, there, you exist, there are, right. I believe there are people that exist that don't believe that they're changeable when it comes to certain things. Right. But they won't change. They won't change regardless. But so, so, so I'm just saying. Can, I'm, I'm, I'm moving I, the board. No, can you identify that, or, or is that a is that an identifiable trait that you can say, this particular person, no, no matter what happens in their lives, will simply never change. No, I think I think that's a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice. It's a conscious so if choice. it's a conscious choice, just maybe it can be changed. It's a conscious choice. So <laughs> making a conscious choice not to change. Your thoughts, that John. Your thoughts. <laughs> no, I agree. I think that did no, anybody. I, I mean, I, I've seen uh, all kinds uh, of media figures who were once Republicans who change, and some of them, you know, go the opposite way. Uh, so. So, yeah, I mean, everybody is redeemable, and, uh, you know, I see it all the time. I mean, uh, so you see people change, and it's great. I mean, you know, that this is – I mean, the important thing is to keep an open mind, but but also have, you know, a belief system that, that is – it is firm, and it's kind of hard to walk that balance sometimes, you know, because, you know, like as a Bernie, you know, supporter, you know, there were certain things that Bernie did that I I didn't care for. Now, I, I thought he was great on 99% of his stuff, but certain things I didn't care for. And so, you know, it's I mean, you don't want to idolize somebody, but, you know, if they actually have ideas that you think are going to make the, the country better – then you want to support that strongly. So, you know, I mean, as far as uh, identity, I think it's also important, you know, you know, as a white guy, I mean, it's embarrassing to, for me to see, like, you know, the vote, the history of white men, and, you know, we're voting for all these terrible people that, that you know, don't want to give equal rights to their fellow citizens, and that's that's very you know harsh for me to understand, but you know that's kind of the way that society's been. If you look through our history, and I think you know in 2008, uh, you know the, the Obama's election, I, I thought that was a great turning point, and uh, you know the backlash is hit, and now you know I think it's I hope we're moving forward. Great, John. Let me cut you for a second and bring in Ashley. Ashley, your thoughts. On the election? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I guess for the younger crowd, I, at least I know for myself, we kind of just turned everything off. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that a majority of the millennials will vote for Hillary. I know um, when I was talking with others, they were trying to think of a third party because Hillary wasn't really popular and then Trump is just an absolute no-go. But um, I, I think we just aren't listening really anymore. It's more entertaining, if anything. Now, let me ask you, you this. And, um, do you all see the importance, however, of politics? In other words, I, I know you said you're not listening anymore. Maybe because a lot of these people have failed. But my question is, are you listening? Are you, do you see the importance why you must be political? Yeah, I mean, that, that that is important, yeah, in policy, but we don't really understand it that much because we're still trying to recover from what the generation before us have done. 
So okay. I think for for us, we do vote on policy, but mostly, uh, just by this is all like anecdotal, but we speak about the social issues mostly. Now the I policy. Am glad you I'm glad you said what the, the what the other generation has done to you. I want you to tell the audience what you have to learn how to deal with other generations from your point. I mean, this is only my opinion. I haven't researched it at length or anything, but I feel that we just don't have the same opportunities of security as the previous generations have done or have had. So debt is just kind of a normal thing now. So college is expensive. I don't think any of us are expecting to have, you know, the quintessential, you know, four, a family of four, a house, a car, and a retirement plan. Like, we're not even right. thinking of retirement. I think I, think I read an, another article uh, the other day about how they keep saying, like, oh, why do we spend so much money on brunch, you know, and everything like that. It's, it's because, like, we we have enough money for brunch and not enough money to save. Like, either – or you're, we're picking and choosing what to have because we we're not even sure if we're going to have anything. Even if we save it, we're not sure we're going to have it later on, period. So I, I, um, I just want to move – I want to interrupt you for a second and just make a mention to the audience that what you're saying is very is absolutely valid. The past generation has really taken a, a whole lot from the current generation. Uh, the GI Bill and, and low taxes and, and low education that we were benefited, that, that we had the benefit of, this is the generation does not. And whereas we're later, right, and whereas now we could, we didn't have the debt that prevented us from buying homes and these sort of things. They have that problem that they will have a debt before they even have a home. Actually, make a final well, it, point because we're going to have to shut this baby down. Yeah, I mean, my final point is it's, it's kind of we're one of the most educated generations, but we're not the most paid, even though we're more educated. So I would say that's the final feeling of everybody, right? We have to have experience. We can have experience about education. Education is too expensive, so we can't even get a job. Based on our experience, so we're just stuck in this little loophole that we can't get out of. That's our. That's the final statement I have. Yeah. You wanted to add a little something. I want to ask you something. Let's ask you. I know you from from social media, primarily. But um, how do you guys do with the media figures that are trying to get construction? How do you feel about keeping the the media? I didn't fully hear the question. Are, I'm sorry. How do you feel about stuff in the media? About about stuff in the media right now? Yes, people in the media, the people in the media. How do you? How oh, do the, you like the anchors and the like CNN and MSNBC and all that. Right. Right, so I think I read another article about how CNN is actually paying people to defend Trump, and so it kind of just feels like a trap or propaganda, okay. if you will. Right. Okay. I, I love that answer because that is exactly what it is, my, my, my dear daughter. That is exactly what it is. Um, but anyhow, yeah. thank you very much for calling in. Ask Dan, you should become you. a regular. And thank you, sir. Yeah, restart with yes, me. I'm in my, in my 30s. And I'm so buried in student loan debt that I may never be be able to buy a home. Right now, I couldn't even rent an apartment with my own credit credit the way that it is. I found out recently, recently. and that is that is a that is a plight of many of our young people right. for having a government who, over the last several years, have only talked about cutting taxes, cutting benefits, and and reducing regulations. That is what we've done. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care if you're independent or anarchist. I don't care who you are. The current system doesn't work for you, not because of anything specifically that you have done. You have been failed by Democrats and Republicans who have bought into a political and economic system that have failed and that continues to fail. John, give me, you only have 10 seconds before I have to close her down. No, I agree with all of that, and you know, I, I have to say, tax phobia is what what's you know causing the, the the states not to give money to state colleges, and they're ca- that's causing the uh, the students to pay more money, and this is happening all okay. through the country, and it's a shame. Thank you very much, John. Norman, give me a final statement. I, I think Edgar is doing a great job. Keep going on with this. Um, I I really think that uh, we need to 
you ready for what's coming after. Millennials are not millennials. We need to be ready for what's after this election. And that's it. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening to one more edition of Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. I've been honored to be with Norman Reynolds, a good friend, uh, who is with the movement, who has always been with the movement, like all of us who should be with the movement. This is Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis. Have a wonderful day, and keep on keeping on. Thanks.